0: Welcome to Ecclesia Principles, a biblical strategy for believers to engage in God's design for government with Ray Eppert. Hello. Glad you could join us again today. We're continuing to look at biblical economics. Uh, This is one of the things that we have to understand regarding Ecclesia Principles. And Ecclesia Principles... Ecclesia is the word Jesus said, and on this rock I will build my church. The actual uh, word in the Greek is Ecclesia. And if you would, uh, I won't go through the whole story of that right now, but basically God, Jesus was saying that he's going to have a group of people that will impact the culture. They will be his culture builders, affecting government and society. And that's really what the Ecclesia is. And he said that the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Ecclesia principles are the application of the Word of God to government. Uh, We see this in the Declaration of Independence, that uh, what our founding fathers put there, they used the Word of God as the basis of that declaration. Now, with this, so often... Uh, most Christians never look at the Word of God to see what type of economic system and how the economy should work, and and how how God views things. And and there's some stuff that uh, hopefully we'll get to it that really would just shock a lot of people that Jesus said this. <laughs> you know, it's uh, it's amazing. You know, it's. <laughs> I, I, you know, A lot of people say, well, you know, what would Jesus do? Well, if you're going to make a decision based on what Jesus would do, you need to know what he did do, and you need to know what he did say, because the bottom line is what he did say and what he did do is different than what a lot of people think he did and said. We need to go back to the book and see it, and that's true on a lot of issues and especially true on economics. Now today I want to use as our text Proverbs 24 verses 3 and 4 because we've talked about earlier this week where Paul told the Thessalonians he said, I, he said, remember when I was with you I commanded you and that's not instructed that's commanded you if any man does not work don't let him eat. That was a command. If you would in that Paul was letting them know how God's economic system functions. You have to be a participant. Now, with this, obviously God talks about taking care of the poor. God talks about taking care of the needy, those who can't help themselves. That, those things are outliers, if you would. We are to do that. But that's not how the uh, economic system functions. Economic system functions on the participation of the individual that 's how it works now, as God blesses us we 're supposed to help people we 're supposed to, Jesus again with the uh, woman who anointed him for his burial, uh, they said oh that 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 perfume could have been sold that ointment could have been sold and given to the poor and He said, You always have the poor with you, but you don 't have me all the time and, and see There's a lot of Christians that think if anything goes beyond just the necessities. And see, here's one of the biggest problems. And this is really not a teaching on prosperity, even though we have to have a biblical understanding about that. It doesn't need to be from our perspective. It needs to be from the Word of God. You see, at that point, everybody but Jesus and that woman... All the rest of them thought that could have been given to the poor. That would have been a better use for that. Jesus said, no. Matter of fact, what she did, (laughs) it's going to be talked about in all nations because of what she did. To them, it was an extravagance that was totally unnecessary. Jesus didn't judge it that way, neither did she. The only two people that thought she was okay was her and Jesus, everybody else thought she was being wasteful. Be careful when you're thinking that somebody else is being wasteful, because Jesus might side with them. What would Jesus do? I think Jesus will, uh, Jesus didn't always side with the poor. He didn't always. Now he certainly said, "Take care of the poor. remember the poor. But in this situation, you always have the poor with you. This is a good thing, and so with this, we we have to have an understanding, and and we need to get past some of our. Um, uh, see, the thing with prosperity is what a necessity is, is more based on your current condition. You see, nowadays we think that indoor plumbing is a necessity. <laughs> I can still remember in my family when we put the bathroom in the house, you know, and, and at that point, there was actually people saying, well, you don't really need that. Well, you know, you don't need running water in the house either. There's a whole lot of people who have to go out to a well and pull up the bucket. Now, nah, what people think is a necessity is more based on what everybody else has, And what do the majority have? Well, then that becomes a necessity because I need to be like everybody else. I need to have running water in my house. I need to have a bathroom in my house. Doesn't matter that most of the world doesn't. And see, using that necessity line, in all honesty, is very hypocritical to use that as the gauge because most people that use that actually have more stuff than most of the world. And they think it's a necessity, but most of the world lives without it. And so it's really a matter of perspective. As one fellow said one time, he said, well, how much money is too much money? And the other person said, a dollar more than what I got. And that's really where a lot of things come down. It is a matter of personal perspective. If I don't have it, you don't need it. That's the way so much is judged in economics and, and prosperity. If I don't have it, if I can live without it, so can you. That's not scriptural. That's just, in all honesty, it's more envy than anything. And um, but anyway, let, let's get to Proverbs 24, 3 and 4, to look at, again, biblical economics. Because there's a big piece of biblical economics that people are missing and a lot of it is because of the verse in Thessalonians: If a man does not work, don't let him eat. Everybody has gotten so caught up on working, 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 working. Got to work, got to work, and a good work ethic is extremely important. One of the things, uh, one of my prouder moments in life was when uh, someone asked my two sons they were doing something, and and they asked them. They said, "Well, where in the world did you get your work ethic?" And they both said, our dad. And I'm like, oh, hallelujah. You know, I like that. So don't misunderstand me when I'm talking about work. Because people also go to Genesis 3. By the sweat of your brow, by the sweat of your brow. Do you understand that that sweat of your brow is a curse? It's a curse. (laughs) It's not a good thing. It's a curse. And when you actually begin to look at the word of God for biblical economics, you begin to get a different picture. And and that picture is painted here in Proverbs 24, verses 3 and 4. Through wisdom, a house is built. By understanding, it's established. By knowledge, the rooms are filled with all precious and pleasant riches. Notice the three things that he talks about here. He talks about wisdom, understanding, and knowledge. Some translations uh, put it this way wise planning, uh, common sense, the facts. Those things, you know, wisdom, understanding, knowledge. Wisdom, wise planning. Understanding, common sense, which doesn't seem to be too common nowadays and knowledge. That's an awareness of the facts. He says through this, the house is built, it's established, and then it's filled with all precious and pleasant riches. If you would, what he's describing here is a very solid situation and prosperous situation. The house is built. It's it's achieved through understanding. It's established. It's steady. It's it's not going to fall down tomorrow. And if you would think about this about your economic life, wisdom builds the house. Wisdom builds the house. Wisdom creates the situation that generates revenue. Understanding causes it to be established to where it's stable. It's steady. And then an awareness of the facts, the knowledge, fills the room with all precious and pleasant riches. If you would, let me put it this way, especially if you read through Proverbs. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. Proverbs is the book of wisdom. If you read through Proverbs, you will find that economic blessing. Financial blessing, and that's we're talking about that because we're talking about a biblical economy, a biblical economics. You will find that increase is tied more to wisdom, understanding, and knowledge more than it's tied to hard work. Now, this is something that I told my boys as they were growing up. They're both young men. They're in their 20s now. Uh, And uh, one of them, uh, I mean, he's graduated school even though he's getting ready to go back and take some more schooling. Uh, The other one is still finishing up uh, college, but he's already started his own business. And so both of them, in that sense, are economically doing well and doing well overall. But with this, one of the things that I told them, I, I, I let them know you do not get paid based on how hard you work. That's not what drives the economy, the sweat of the brow, the got to work hard. Now you've got to apply yourself. You've got to have the individual input. If you're going to get results, you've got to apply yourself in order to reap the benefits. You've got to have the labor. If you're going to enjoy the fruit of your labor and so again, work ethic has to be a part. But at that point, I said, look at most jobs. The people that work the hardest very often are the people that get paid the least. What There's two things that drives pay scales. Two things that drive pay scales. And part of it is Proverbs 24, 3 and 4. The knowledge, the understanding, the wisdom that somebody has, that thing you know, that's, that's the reason doctors get paid what they get paid. That's the reason lawyers get paid what they paid, is the knowledge and the information and how to apply their knowledge. That's what drives their pay scale. On the flip side, the second thing, and this might not be the best way to put it, but the second thing that drives it is um, how much manure you shovel for somebody else. Uh, you know, the Bible says where the... Where there are no oxen, the stall is clean. But by the increase of the oxen, <laughs> you know, you get stuff in the stalls. And it's primarily talking about the crops and the harvest. But the more oxen you got, the more manure you got. And, and a lot of times what people get paid for is to keep somebody else from having to shovel that manure. Those are the things that what, what you know... And what you can take away from somebody from the standpoint not of theft, but relieving the burden, the stress. Those two things drive the economy and the individual economy more than anything else. Well, ran out of time. We'll see you tomorrow.